What up, internet? It is your boy back again, Rhino Rider. So we're all in quarantine. Um, it's times like these that uh, I really would love to be a musician. Um, I would be slaughtering live streams right now. Um, but you know, whatever you're comfortable, I'm trying to take advantage of this time. It's uh, March 31st. Um, I finished that video. Uh, I've kind of, you know, I've been culminating to that uh, to March 28th for quite some time, and I'm over it. And I'm, I was kind of lost for a couple days of what, you know, without direction, I'm waiting for things to, to happen because of that. And what can I do proactively? I've done so much and and really built up such a strong foundation that. Uh, you know, what can I do moving forward? So I am focusing on my graphic novel and trying to get sales for that. So I'm, I'm running ads and, and, and things of that nature. But I thought, what can I do for my community and, and part of my journey that I'm going through? And so I have a stack of my scripts there and um, some of the better feedback or, or better views on my channel have been ones where I talk about script breakdown, breaking down scenes, stuff like that. So I have a shit ton of knowledge in this space, so I'm just gonna go and start and do a uh, script now a full script analysis and pull up. Full script analysis and breakdown for a uh, script that I wrote that uh, I want to produce next. Sorry, the garbage truck's in the back. Um, after the Ant Hill uh, this year, so I want to make this film next year. It uh, got close a couple years ago. We've had, you know, investors, things of that nature. But um, to reference my video, they were all C players, and they took a 116-page script and whittled it down to 83. Uh, and I was I was able to whittle it down to 83, still maintaining the integrity of the story, um, but they wanted more deaths. Uh, I had to open the scene with the death scene, just really typical C-grade um, notes on a script that I think is fantastically complex, and um, it's all female cast, and it's just really uh, I think. Um, explores the intricacies of uh, female to female relationships in a group setting. So um, it's broken down, uh, the script's broken down into seven acts, and uh, I am going to link up the script that I am using for this, uh, for this, oops, for this demonstration or for this video series, I'm just gonna go and chop this up and, you know, later and see what comes out of it and see how far I get today and possibly do another one tomorrow and so on and so forth. So anyway, um, this is the seventh, seventh draft dated uh, July 16th, 2015. And, um, so I'm just gonna start from the fucking title page and uh, the script's linked up so you can open it up and follow along with me if you want. Um, I start with a quote. I don't always do that. Um, and uh, the quote is not something I completely made up. It's something I like read online, something similar and just kind of adapted it into my own uh, Thing. And the quote is, human nature is like mother nature. It is not black and white, but black and gray. Now, my purpose in that was um, the, the reason a lot of people put quotes uh, on the cover page, on the title page of scripts is um, if it's a quote, even if it's anonymous, um, if it's a well-written quote or, some, or a quote from somebody famous or something like that, it can really, at the first... You know, think of it as like your first image in a film. That if if it's well done, the story's well told. That one, that first image, that first thing can be is very not. It's not extremely important. It's just it's just it's it's making the package prettier. You know, and so while someone has only read the title, Bugs, we obviously have you know we know it's going to be a horror movie, 
I'm just basing off of, you know, where I come from. It's going to have some, you know, it's not a comedy. Um, there's going to be some bugs in it. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, human nature is like mother nature. So what does that mean? Human nature is like mother nature. So humans act like, like animals. Uh, it is not black and white, but black and gray. That, that, that statement right there, I think, um, tells that this story is not going to be black and white. There's not going to be necessarily good guys and bad guys. There's not necessarily going to be right and wrongs. I'm exploring morals here, and morals are, can be gray. So I thought it was a good quote to open up the piece with. Um, scroll down to, uh, okay, the first scene. I haven't read this in a while, so... Okay, oh, the opening. So talk about the opening image. This is great. This was all cut out. This eventually got cut out, but... Um, fade in motel room, bathroom carnage. So here I open the film and I open the screenplay with that same quote, and it's Skylar, our main character, doing a voiceover. And what I'm showing here is, is uh, basically where the climax of the film happens. I'm going to go through this entire thing. I'm not going to include the last act in the climax. Just, you know, I mean, I don't really care about spoilers or whatever, but I just, it's easy enough to, to you'll get the value without necessarily having to have the, the end scene. But we're in a mo it ends in a motel. <laughs> um, and there's carnage and, and blood everywhere and, and, you know, footprints and blood. No people seen, no bodies, but just carnage and chaos. And there's uh, gentle buzzing. Stuck in the puddle of blood is this fly buzzing a few more times as the uh, as Skyler uh, finishes the voiceover. Um, I did a couple uh, teaser trailers having Abby, who was at the time going to play Skyler, uh, doing the voiceover and, and same thing, just an extreme close-up of a bug moving. Um, and yeah, so we open with that. Okay, and then the next scene. Um, so I'm not going to just say, uh, let me tell you why I opened with that. Um, I opened with that the same, for the same reason that I put the uh, quote on the cover page is it's the opening image of the film. You should always have an opening image and your opening image should always be thought about. It shouldn't just be the first image, or it could be the first image in, you know, in the story, but that image should, doesn't always, and I'm guilty of this as well, it should uh, represent what the film is all about. Hold on, I'm gonna pause it right there. Okay, so I think how this is gonna work, or how I'm gonna do it, so I'm going to stop, or it's going to be an edit, and then I'm going to read the scene and then talk to you about that. So you can, when I stop it, you can read the scene and then, uh, and then hit play again when you go. Okay, so, um, open with the voiceover in the motel, the foreshadow, okay? Then cut to, uh, this is a horror film, it is, you know, even Jaws, Jaws is a horror film. And what is the opening scene in Jaws? A fucking death, right? So horror films should have, could have, you know, you know what I mean? Like throwing a death in, in the, you know, hook, that hook, that opening hook, it's, it's been overdone and overpopulized, but still the greatest horror film, one of the greatest horror films of all time, Jaws, still has it. Right, so you can have that this because this is a horror, a horror film, um, but a good one. <laughs> so this is our this is our hook, right? Insert title: Northern California. Okay, so this is just very very simple. Um, a farmer and a field. He goes, he looks, and all you see is this shadow and sound of of bugs uh, flying over them. Okay. So right there, we just hook the audience that, oh, okay, there's like millions upon millions of bugs like in Northern California that are flying over and it ends with the farmer saying, oh my God, you know, cut, hook. Um, also kind of establishes the origin of where these bugs come from. The origin behind the bugs, basically the plot of the story is, is a swarm of bugs overrun Los Angeles. Um, 
uh, and it's due to the drought in Southern California over the years. If you Google that and look, uh, I mean, it's based on actual factual uh, things at uh, Coachella a couple years ago. It was overrun with locusts and all this stuff. It's a crazy video to watch. But uh, so it does have like a um, factual basis. Okay. Now we open with our main character, Skylar, the setting Seattle, Washington, okay? Um, the opening image of this next scene, notice insert arm, a mosquito buzzes around the woman's arm, suddenly her hand comes and swats the bug. That's the opening image of the scene, right? So it relates to that opening hook, the bugs. Now look, the bugs are fucking tertiary of importance to me. Again, go to Jaws, look at Jaws. Jaws, the shark has nothing to do with the story. Nothing to do with the story. It just propels the characters into motion, okay? But the drama is, is within the characters. That, this is a very similar uh, approach in that manner. So, um, so that transition between those two scenes, the opening hook, and then the very next thing you see is the, just an insert close-up of an arm before we even see our main character, although we've heard her in the voiceover. Um, we cut from that, and then we go directly to the face of Skylar. Um, and she has been crying all night. It's early morning. There's her older ex-boyfriend now, Chris, um, sitting up. I've had this scene in my head for a long time, and so I just, without any specifics, just opening a, a, a film or a scene early in the morning. I don't know if you've ever had those arguments with a girlfriend or significant other that you've just argued through the night and it's four, five, six in the morning and you're just exhausted. You know, it's pretty much the end of a relationship, which is, this is what this is, five-year relationship ending. And so we open, what's the first, again, actions and words. What's the first action that we see? Chris hands Skylar a Kleenex. So right off the bat, the audience, and, and she accepts it and says thanks. So right off the bat, we know that although they've been crying and, and you know, obviously upset, about each other, they're, they're still caring for each other, and especially the boyfriend, too. Um, uh, right, and so then we open with Chris, you know, saying, I still love you, and then, boom, right there, Skylar, the audience finds out, uh, I was gone for two days to see my aunt. Two days. Notice, you didn't fuck another girl, you didn't, it's, I was gone for two days to see my aunt. Two days. That right there, that piece of line, that bit of information, when that's given to the actor, that, that's meat for them to use. If you, if the line was, Chris, I can't believe, Chris, why did you cheat on me? Chris, I can't believe you cheated on me. Chris, I don't care if you love me, you still fuck that girl. All those things are, in my opinion, um, are, are, are lines to be delivered uh, by an actor, not lines to be processed by an actor. Um, and I think, I think great writing, you know, when people talk about dialogue and stuff like that, that's what it is. You need to give the meat um, of it. This is why it's fun to do a script that nobody's ever seen that hasn't been shot yet because you have nothing to compare it to. You know, if I was doing uh, seven, a script analysis of that, well, we, as soon as I read the scene or read the line, you can picture in your head who's delivering it. So, this way we stay with the paper, which I like. Um, basically, what happens in this scene between Chris and Skylar, we establish um, they've been five years. We establish that um, Skylar's uh, uh, lack of, of lack of being impressed by um, by bigger things. Chris owns his own company, obviously kind of comes from money, his parents have money, they want him to have a big wedding. She's saying, I just would go to the courthouse with you. Um, and, and the realism that Chris, that we see here, the vulnerability in, in these characters is that is that Skylar knows Chris and she knows that he's not 100, it's not like he's killing it on his company and so she is able to, to identify that and call him out on those jabs. Um, she eventually just, I, I, I mean, this is just drawing from personal experiences, being stagnant in a relationship, you know, um, and, and, but still loving each other, um, you know, and, and this is how relationships end, you know. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty on the nose of that. Uh, 
And then Chris walks out, I'm sorry Skylar, I love you, that's going to play out um, later. But uh, basically what this scene does for Skylar, establishes Skylar as the main character. She ends and she's completely overflowed with emotions. She's obviously hurting, she obviously loved Chris, she doesn't want this to happen. But she does have some morals in terms of that he cheated on her, or made out with the girl, didn't even fuck her, just kissed her. And he took pictures, and the only reason she saw pictures on his phone, you know? A lot of girls have probably forgiven guys, and vice versa, for that. Um, but she doesn't, so that says something about her character right there. Uh, again, actions and words, man. Pay attention to them. Um, okay, and I'm on page seven, and uh, I'm going to read that scene, and then we'll interior Molly's bedroom morning. And then uh, we'll do a little breakdown of that. Finished? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start adding the page number that I'm starting on. Maybe it'll help you keep track. Okay. So, we've established Skylar there. Established that she's just uh, broken up with her boyfriend. And the next thing she does is call, we introduce Molly, her best friend. Molly, they don't live together, obviously. They're, or, you know, don't live in the same area. And the reason that uh, I can show this is that interior Molly's bedroom, early light in the morning sun creeps from behind the curtains, right? So we see sunny sun coming in. Um, and then when I was picturing to shoot this exterior Skylar's house, she stands in her deck, hot mug of tea in her hand, and we're going to be in Seattle. Their setting is in Seattle, so I thought by putting her outside, you could have it raining or show the trees and stuff like that. Just show the contrast, because Molly lives in LA, which we'll find out here in the scene. Um, so, okay, so Molly answers, are you okay? And Skylar just says, Chris and I are through. What happened? Um, so this is where she tells the full story. Um, we get to know a little bit more. She didn't have sex with him enough. What an idiot. Again, insert window, there's a fly just buzzing in the windowsill. And this could have nothing, it has nothing to do with the actual like swarm that's coming. It's just, we want the audience to keep bugs in their mind throughout, because the bugs don't show up until halfway through the script, right? So we have to keep them, them held, you know, keep it always in their, in their, in their mindset, in their forefront. We established Chris as an idiot. Um, now Molly is Molly was uh, written after a uh, friend of mine who uh, at the time was going to play Molly, but um, now I mean this is five years later. We're all a lot older, um, and uh, and these characters are 25, you know. So I'm thinking younger. Um, but anyway, I wrote her after her. Shout out Whitney Rice. Um, she's anyway. Uh, I, and she's extremely funny, she's a comedian, uh, and uh, so she was, is, Molly is my uh, comedic relief in this. Um, I don't write comedies, but I think I write some pretty funny jokes and things uh, in, in some of my scripts, um, and any good script uh, has comedic moments to it, that, you know, you give the person the whole package, give the audience the whole package. So we, uh, she tells Molly right there that she doesn't know what to do. Chris was basically the last thing she had going up for her, going for her up here. So what does that mean? Um, so she doesn't have any family, right? Or else she would have called family. She would have called her parents. She or she would have said she has her parents. So we've established that Skylar is is not by her best friend or her best friend is her only person. She possibly doesn't have any family. She now doesn't have a boyfriend after five years. It's a long relationship. Now she's just said that she doesn't, or Chris was the last name she has going up there. So Molly perks up and invites her to a visit. Oh, to LA, so now we establish where the film will take place. Oh, sure, I'm gonna come to the worst city in the world, do a bunch of drugs and get all weird. I love LA, but when you're in your 20s and yeah, you come to LA, yeah, you do a bunch of weird stuff. Um, exactly. You remember Spain? That's just a personal story I took that, uh, I mean, could be taken out that line. Um, I'll buy your ticket. Skylar, I can afford my own ticket, Molly. It's not that. It's just 
right there. That's another bit of information that we're giving about Skylar's character. She can afford her own ticket. Okay. Alright, so she's obviously somewhat independent. Even though she's coming off of a five-year relationship, she's still financially independent. It sounds like she can buy her own ticket. It's another bit of information, just building this character. Um, I can't think of a reason, good reason not to start looking at it. I like that. I like that exchange. I can't... Uh, give me one good reason for... Your, you shouldn't start looking for flights as soon as we get off the phone. I can't. You can't what? I can't think of a good reason not to start looking. Yes, oh my god, okay. And then uh, we end the scene uh, with something about Molly that will come into play again. Again, a little bit of comedic. It's a bit uh, brash, but um, I think honest and realistic. Uh, I, I think I write female characters very well. Uh, because I, I find them far more interesting than male characters. They're a lot more complex. Uh, there's just a, there's a lot more complexity with female characters, and all pretty much all of my um, work, you know, I have a female lead in all my stories. Um, okay, and so yeah, so Molly ends the scene by pulling out her pink vibrator and uh, basically masturbates. It's the only way to she knows how to get back to sleep. I mean, we don't show the full thing, but just establishes she does that and yeah so some people might look at that like oh that's weird but look that's Molly's character that's who she is and that's a real authentic thing there are girls that do that you know what I mean probably more than than you know you realize or if you are a female I mean comment below and let me know no I'm just kidding anyway uh, so there we go so we've established those two scenes now um, now I'm gonna go on and read uh, I'm going to read the next two scenes together um, through the restaurant. I'm going to read all the way to page. It's a long scene in the restaurant. We'll go to the nightclub, yep. Yeah. I'm going to read to page 21. Okay? So read from page 11 to 21, and then come back. Okay, so Molly is taking control and steering the ship right through uh, through this opening, through the teen pages. Um, Alright, so uh, starting at page 11, uh, Molly's car, massive 747 roars down. Again, opening image of the scene, opening image of the setting, location. There's a street along Lincoln Boulevard right by LAX where it's a pretty straight shot you can drive and the planes land right over it. It's been shot a million times. Um, anyway, that's where that scene takes place in my head, you know, and so you just have this massive jet roaring around, fucking beautiful blue sky, sunshine, palm trees in LA, right? It's gorgeous. So that sets it up. Um, been a while since she's been down there. This establishes Molly has been down in LA for a while, at least a few years. Um, okay, establish they're going where they're where the next scene is going to take place. I think that's an important thing too, setting up the next scene so you have the audience it's, it knows where the story is going to be going. So the entire time the audience is reading this or watching this film, their brain, whether subconsciously or not, is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So the dance that that the screenwriter or the filmmaker, whatever, needs to play is that delicate balance between giving the audience enough information so that they can then predict what might come in the near future, five, ten minutes, or even 30, 40, 50 minutes, but not giving them enough, not giving them too much information so that they then get bored because they know what's going to happen already. This takes planning, this takes work, this takes intricacy, this takes dedication. This is the thing that I, this is the number one thing that I see lacking in uh, amateur, I hate using the term amateur or non-professional, whatever. I'll just say fucking screenplays, period. Uh, established, represented, or not. Um, I think they they miss that they they either over-explain things, they they put descriptions or or, or information in uh, you know f to force feed the information just to get their idea across because they think their idea. I mean. Th 
this is a great fucking concept and great idea for a film. But we haven't even, but I can't just, I don't want to throw it in their face right away. You have to just gently, gently bring them along. And as this, this play, well, I'll get into it as it plays out. But, um, um, okay, so in the car we also established that Molly is obviously there, whether she's, uh, you know, an actress or not, exactly what she does in, in the entertainment business. She, we mentioned Michael Bay, shout out Michael Bay, I love him, uh, and his company is in, uh, Santa Monica, but, uh, I think, um, so she wants to impress people that are in the industry, right? And then we also established that they're, uh, going to, uh, or, uh, we established the next, uh, main character, who's Jane. So how I had this, there's five characters, right? And here's Skylar, okay, as the head. And then I always pictured it like this. And this is Molly, and this is Jane. This is uh, Amber and Heidi. And Skylar is the focal point. And these, if you will, would be the good side leading up, and this is the bad side. But it's all directed and based, centered around Skylar. So we've established Molly, and now we're establishing Jane. Um, Skylar obviously knows who Jane is, because she says, do you still see Jane? And we see Molly shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not as much since her show got picked up. So obviously Jane's an actress as, as well. And... Um, and, uh, you know, busier or, or, you know, in uh, the script is so, I wanted to really get some stuff out and really, uh, you know, talk about the industry as well. And um, so in this world, in this case, Jane is, you know, her star is higher above Molly's. Uh, she's coming to the club with us. Okay, now we establish, no, we're going to a restaurant after this, but then we're also going to a club tonight. Um, I just like Molly's, I just, I just like her, how she talks. Um, Skylar talking about Armani shirts, nobody makes Armani, douchebags, just, I don't think it's anything crazy except for, um, where is it? We establish more of Molly's character, um. You know, she's willing to bang her way to the top, rotating, rotating dudes. Anyway, now we get to the restaurant. And um, this is a lengthy scene, seven-page scene. Um, this, this whole script, uh, you know, I, there is a lot of dialogue in it. I'm usually anti-dialogue. And, and this, I wrote this uh, script before my breakdown. And before I have this new kind of method of how I approach to writing, outlining a script and stuff like that, um, but the uh, the the writing is still there, you know. Um, so anyway, um, so seven-page scene. Yeah, I, could this be edited down a bit? Yeah, but. And, and I say to write the whole thing without dialogue, yes. And you can write this whole thing without dialogue. And this is the point. When you have a story that is structured well, where the character's actions and the place that you're putting them in just propels the story forward, that allows you the breath to have to, if you want to explore dialogue, and you can write dialogue well. Well, here's your chance to to do it. This is this is what Tarantino does. Tarantino structures the story, does all the the math behind it, and the characters and everything like that. And then when he he allows himself to to have those moments of dialogue, and he's really fucking good at writing it. So um, this whole section, Molly goes off about guys accusing, uh, you know, or when you can when they're confronted on cheating, why is their first response? You know, it's your fault. I think this stuff is all very true. I think she's very on point because I've done this stuff personally. I was a, I was a Chris. I was beyond a Chris. Super douchebag. Um, so this is very like honest, uh, you know, because I used to do this stuff. Um, Molly imitates him walking out and doing that. I think, you know, that's funny. Uh, basically just ratting on Chris. And again, this to show Skyler's character, she defends him more than once. 
So even though he's cheated on her and all this stuff, she's still, you know, um, you know, so loyalty is important to, to her, obviously, or, you know, or she, she's having a moral debate about it, you know? Um, the cancer thing, that's a funny joke, I think, that I run, that runs through this, uh, through this scene, uh, not to offend anybody who has had cancer or goes through it or anything, but, uh, people get cancer, um. And some people make fun, big jokes about it, you know. Uh, uh, it's just based because Skylar, because Abby was going to play this and, and Skylar has super short hair and, uh, you know, looks like a boy, you know. So there's tons of little jokes about that in, in terms of Skylar's appearance that I'd like to keep in, like when I cast this with younger people. Um, Okay, so we just really drill down more the relationship of, of Skylar and Molly. We take the time to, uh, like, if this were a romantic comedy, this would be a very good, this would be exactly the scene that, that you, you'd want to see. And this is, this is, this was my goal in this, is to really take the time before the bugs hit, before the inciting incident, if you will, um, and just really lay down the strong, strong foundations of this this female group, you know, and how they all interact with each other. Now here's a big, big foreshadowing thing that I think is really great, okay? We're talking about Molly's giving her shit for uh, wearing an oversized coat and layering, and she's like, it's fucking LA, Sky, get some, Sky, get some, you know, skin on those white ass arms of yours. And Skylar, I tanned before I got here. No, you didn't, you fucking hate tanning booths too claustrophobic. Come on, take it off. So Molly right there, um, again, just, that, just her by her saying that by Skylar trying to lie to Molly and Molly calling her out on that, that right there establishes that these two friends know each other well. And when she says too claustrophobic, that's going to come into play much later um, in the script. But I think that right there, that's even something for the, more for the actor who's reading for that part of Molly to put in their, in their brains when they're developing the character on themselves. Um, okay, so then we see the, the guys, I mean, they get shots, ba, ba, ba. It's kind of a complex scene. There's a lot of moving parts, waiter coming in, out, women applauding over there, guys, you know, a lot of moving parts, and it's an intricate scene, for sure. Um, and I've been told that I do well when there's m multiple characters in a scene and playing them off of each other. And I've done that, I mean, I, a few times. The read Apocalypse, it's all eight characters. Okay. Um, well, look, we're going to read the show. Okay, so that's it. So, again, just really uh, even more so established the... the uh, strength of Molly and Skylar's relationship. We established who Jane is and that she is um, maybe not, you know, looked at it as a different, definitely not as close as, as Molly and Skylar are, right? Um, but she is a player in this story. Uh, and we establish uh, Molly's goal of, you know, wanting to get Skylar, wanting to have Skylar hook up with the dude. Um, we establish a lot about LA, about the industry and things like that. And then we cut to that night in the nightclub. And uh, so I'm going to read that. It's another long scene. And uh, so pause now. Read. Starting on the bottom of page 21. Okay. So there's a massive scene. Page 22 to 35. Um... A lot happens in the scene. We bring, we introduce everybody. Uh, the rest of the um, the the characters, the five girls. Um, so basically, here in this scene, where with the where it's the first half of it, the first part of it, where um, it's a lot of industry talk. Um, they all, all the girls work within the industry in different fields and, um, just being in the industry and knowing people like this, you know, so that the, the talk is, um, is pretty on point, you know, I think. Um, but the, the big thing about this scene is that, um, it, uh, we, 
we find out uh, more history between Molly and Skyler. We know that they grew up together living in Arizona and um, or, or lived across the street from her uh, until Molly uh, until Skyler had to move to Arizona um, to live with her aunt and we find out why and why Skyler doesn't have any family and she lost both her parents in a plane crash. Okay. And so, uh, so Molly and Skyler obviously grew up in Seattle around there. And then after high school, Molly came down to California and um, Skyler didn't. And so, uh, I mean, Jane's just a bitch, right? She's just, she's the villain in this story. Um, Uh, sorry, I was just, I know where this story's going, and I'm like, is she the villain? Well, uh, um, at least off the bat, right? It's, again, we're, it's, it's, it's not black and white, it's gray. Um, uh, so even things that may appear black and white in the surface, um, there's a lot more to them than, than you think. Uh, <clears throat> so Jane is basically bashing um, uh, Seattle. There, there's some good things back and forth. Uh, and then <laughs> Jane cuts deep and, and uh, basically says she knows how to keep a man happier than Skylar does. And that gets Skylar pissed. She stands up and what the fuck and they have to move to the bar. So, boom. Skylar and Jane. Conflict. Right head on. The very first time we see Jane, the, very, the first scene that we see Jane, the end of the scene is her, you know, almost coming to blows with Skylar. And then the next part where they uh, go to the bar, uh, Skyler, you know, we, we taught, we establish, you know, Molly isn't really even that fond of Jane either. And Skyler saying, you better not be turning into this. You know, it, it just shows where their relationship is at right now, which is important um, because this, this story is all about Skyler and all about her, you know, relationships. And then we see those three businessmen come back up, uh, buying a drink, and now we introduce Chris R. Um, and Chris R, uh, I mean, the. okay, here's how stupid fucking C-list, those, those bottom fucking feeder uh, producers and, and people are. I got notes back that I had to change this dude's name or eventually I just cut out the first Chris. I cut out that opening scene, um, which, is, which is not also bad as well, you know? But they were too fucking stupid to realize that I named this character Chris f for the exact serendipitous reason that it would, the effect that it would have on, on this character as it would in real life, in a real scene. Like, Chris is a really common name. This is definitely something that could you know, happen. She could meet another Chris. And this Chris is the exact opposite, or the apparent exact opposite of the first Chris. Like, this is like, I don't know, this is good writing, I think. And so I just remember getting that note and being like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, and then we also, and I forgot to mention it before in the, in the, uh, restaurant scene, but there's some bugs, there's a bug flying on the burger, and then there's a bug in this guy's drink. Again, we're just keep hitting that bugs, 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 bugs thing to the audience. So it's always there. This one, the one of it in the drink doesn't work as well for me, but I still like it. Um, uh, boom. So she tells her story, and everything's the opposite, right? Uh... Uh, where are you from? From Seattle. Chris. I love Seattle. Oh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. What else? Uh, should we go join your friends? No, I don't like her friends. One of them's a cut. Oh, it's Jane, isn't it? Yeah, how'd you know? Oh, she works on set. Oh, I'm a writer. What TV show do you work on? No, I work on film. Like everything that Skyler kind of is, is assuming, I, I think, or at least the goal for me in, in this scene for him was, you know, Skyler's hitting down here with, with who this guy is and he's actually, he's over delivering. Right? So he's cute, she thinks he's cute, he's charming, he has money, he has a job, blah, 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 blah. And so she's, uh, you know, interacting, doesn't want to engage, doesn't want to fall for him that quickly, that strong. So is keeping the, the engagement, um, the conversation 
very surfacey, but everything that he answers with is over-delivering over -delivering to her and making him uh, just raising his stock in her eyes. Um, yeah, and so, and, and so right here, at the, at the end of the scene where Skylar takes a heavy drink of martini, hey, you wanna go dance with me? Sure. And that's when Skylar's decided that she likes this guy. And so then we cut to the dance floor. Um, here's an interesting thing. Uh, I, again, like same with like flashbacks, montages, I, 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 I try to absolutely not use. Again, I um, was going to be and going to be, you know, directing this, this film. And I just knew how I just, you know, play the scene. I had the song picked out, Nightclub, and, and um, basically just showing that they get drunk. And, and so, you know, this is how you write a series of shots. This is how you write a montage. I mean... This is how you write a montage if you want to include one in your, you know, Save the Cat or Blake Snyder script. I think they're, yeah, uh, just very amateur tools to use, but I used it here. But I still, you know, bent the rule a little bit by the last shot is, uh, you get where I'm going with all this. So I think that just, that's my personal style of adding to the, to the montage. So... So in this scene, again, a big lengthy scene, a lot of moving parts, a lot of characters, two different locations at the, you know, at the table side and then at the bar. Um, uh, again, I think I, I do well with a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving characters, but we give a lot of information here. We find out completely about Skyler's past. You know, we really, after all is said and done and we move into, and, and the next scene is when they go back to the, um, to Molly's house and fall asleep, and that's the end of this act. Uh, that uh, he's given a lot of information, a lot of information, and guess what? Zero deaths, zero. You know, the bugs are, are there, just kind of in the background. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is the relationship between these girls, and we've gotten a ton of information about three characters now, five in total. We have, I'd say we have. You know, go back to this. I'd say we know. Pretty much almost all about Skylar. We know 85% about Molly. Jane maybe only know 50% because all we've seen of her is she's, um, she's a cunt. She, her star is rising. You know, she, she's hard to work with on sets. Uh, just kind of negative stuff. One-sided, I will say. Um, but there is a lot more to that character of Jane um, than just that side. And that's the gray that I'm exploring this. Amber and Heidi are more surfacy, more, you know. 25% of those characters, but even they have their moments. Um, okay, and so that's it. Oh, I did include that one. I, I cut this uh, scene with Heidi and Skylar. Oh yeah, that's right. I I didn't read the last scene. It's actually to thirty six, and uh, that's a again. This was something that was cut out, whittling down. But uh, Molly has a secret as well. Yep. Because and so basically, Skylar's going to the bathroom. So after the dance and Chris and everything, we end that whole scene with the great little piece of information that. Um, and a little, and, and we get to see Heidi more. But uh, she tells Skyler that Molly's had a pretty rough past year too. It's good that you guys to get to catch up. And Skyler doesn't know what she's talking about. And Heidi, oh Hollywood bullshit. And so Skyler just, uh, well, I mean she's drunk first of all, so you know whatever. And she's like, oh yeah, bullshit. Uh, yeah, she's had a rough year too. Yeah, not regarding it of anything. And then dissolve. And then we're into the living room at night. And, uh, well, let's go ahead and s I'll stop it right here and then read this last scene, starting at the bottom of page 36. All right, so that last little scene, I forgot how good this script gets. I forgot about Molly's secret. 
Um, okay, so Molly and Skylar come home. Uh, she's talking. She's obviously head over heels about Chris. I mean, right now we are 37 pages in, and if without if I didn't show those bugs, you know, in the scenes, and and Verbal don't need them. Um, it just kind of go, more goes with the theme, but uh, like this is just this is drama, right? These this is just relationships, this is drama. This is love, loss, things of that nature. This isn't jump scares. This isn't scary bugs, people screaming. Nope, none of that. You haven't seen anybody die. No screaming, blood like that. We, we open. We know where it's going because we opened. With the showing the motel and the blood and the carnage and this voiceover, this this you know doing, but like good God, we're thirty seven pages in and and for me, from my perspective, where my head goes is if this is good writing, if this is entertaining writing, which is, is 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 feeding us the bits of information that we need, like I was talking about, keeping us audience interested enough and engaged enough to continue going, which I believe that it is. Um, you know, sans uh, a few edits here and there, but uh, um, it's an entertaining read and 37 pages in and we know where it's going to end. How the fuck are we going to get there? That's what I love to see in a, in a script, in a story, um, in a film, all that kind of stuff is like, how, how are we going to get there? You know, like it's so good. I want to I want to spend more time with these characters, but then we throw in uh, an event that changes everything. It's cool. But yet these uh, relationships are still established. So now how are these relationships going to um, work after this this big event? They get better? Worse? You know, I like it. And now no one's safe um, because we end this scene, right? Skylar's drunk, uh, like blackout drunk. And the last thing that she says is... Uh, uh, you know, Sky, there's already... Good night, okay. Molly bend down and kisses her forehead. Molly, good night, Sky. I love you. Skylar's already practically asleep. Skylar, love you too. I'm sorry you had a bad year. Molly stops and looks at it. Skylar, what do you mean? Skylar's unresponsive. Molly brushes away and turns the lights off. She walks to her. Um, that's a great way to end it because uh, it, it, it sets up, you know, for... Uh, for this this moment to, to to happen again, for this confrontation to happen, because obviously something happened to Molly, and she didn't tell Skylar, and Skylar's supposed to be her best friend, you know. When something horrible happened to Skylar, she turned to Molly. So why didn't Molly turn to Skylar when something bad happened to her? Relationships gray, not black and white, gray. Um. Anyway, so that's the end of that act, act two. And I think uh, this is going to be, uh, I think I'm going to call it for this video. I'm going to end it there at act two, um, at page 39. And so, yeah, maybe I'll just include the script. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I'm going to link in, in, in the in the description below. But um, if uh, if this was helpful, insightful, if you'd like to see more of this, uh, please just leave a comment. If one person leaves a comment uh, saying they'd like to see more, I will make another video. If uh, yeah. Yeah. So how about just that? If just one person um, would like to see me make another one of these videos, leave a comment. And if uh, somebody leaves a comment saying they'd like to see it, and it's not my mom, <laughs> or somebody else I know, just to, you know, so they can see my face again. Um, somebody who, let's say, is new to the channel that newly subscribe, if you leave a comment and subscribe to the channel, then I will know that you are not a, a uh, an existing member. So, new member, if you haven't subscribed to my channel yet and you got some value out of this and you'd like to see me continue on with 
covered up to page 39. It's a 116 page script so if you'd like to see me continue to make these videos please subscribe to my channel and leave a comment below on this video and if I see that at least one person who subscribed to my channel and left a comment I'll go ahead and make another video. So uh, alright that's it and um, thanks for watching. In the meantime Take this time to uh, look inside, and um, I, like I've said before, when if you're able to, you know, whatever, if if you have any sort of frustrations or, or things in your life before any of this virus and everything happened, before you know the quarantine or anything like that. You know, I think you should really take this time to self-reflect, and 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 uh, and when you put that mirror on yourself, man, and you start to put your own shit into your work, whatever that that may be—writing, singing, drawing, anything—everybody has a creative side um, or a thinking side. Like, go internal, go internal. And this is coming from someone with bipolar disorder and who's fucking out of their batshit minds crazy. And I'm telling you, go internal. Go inside. I think it's a safe place when you are able to make it a safe when you're able to I don't know, when you're able to make that connection between, you know, creative side of your brain and, and this this practical bullshit three dimensional world that we live in that's been just so uh confused for such a long time that uh I think when you really look inside, um, you'll find inspiration. And with inspiration comes motivation to do something that you love. And when you're doing something you love, I believe that leads to happiness. So let's all do it together. Um, yeah. Okay. That's it. I'll quit uh, going on. Remember, one person, one new person, subscribe to my channel and leave a comment below on this video. And I'll make another one of these. In the meantime, go write your story. Ryan Ryder out. Peace.